this thing. No title again. Is it rolling, Bob? slide into the background uh, that of course is sports by uh, Viagra Boys I played a little bit of that in the past it's come up again my uh, AI DJ just uh, put that on and since it's Super Bowl Sunday it seemed kind of uh, it seemed kind of fitting to start off with that so there we go yeah so welcome Dixon Jane's podcast number what is it, uh, 984, I think, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, as I said, Super Bowl Sunday, so you know when that is. And I'm sitting in cell. Haven't done this for a long time. Uh, just, you know, it's good to get it fired up. I've got the uh, generator running. It, it's not that cold out, so it wasn't too hard to get it going. And uh, it's... Filthy. I mean, I, I I really don't do a good job looking after my things, and uh, this needs a thorough cleaning, vacuuming. I need a proper like dustbuster thing I can get down on the floor, and you know, because you just track everything in. But anyway, uh, yeah, <laughs> I haven't emptied out the garbage can. It's disgusting. It's really a shame. But hey, it's the off season, and. Um, I'm looking forward to, as I mentioned, I've already got a few sites booked, but uh, we're going to leave that. 
we're going to leave that aside. It's not spring yet. You'll be hearing about it. I'll be dragging you to all my campgrounds. And be, you can be sure of that. So, uh, what do we have? Well, I went to the uh, library. Actually, I went to St. Jacob's yesterday at my wife's suggestion. And they have the most amazing apple fritters there. They're just incredibly good. Uh, in a batter with a, sort of a, a sugar crust on them. And they're hot when you buy them. And you just, oh my God, you can devour those things. And they're really a good size. So she bought a couple of boxes. So we've been enjoying that. And uh, yeah. Prior to that, I went to the library, and I came home with three books. A new, of course, uh, Ian Rankin on uh, Detective uh, Inspector Rebus. They're just good reads, and it, what's wonderful about them, it's the same characters. He's written 25 books, and, and you just you, so you get to sort of, okay, I know the character. Now, I don't do a very good job of picturing, okay, what does he actually look like? But you know he drinks, he smokes, he's he's kind of hard-edged and uh, has no patience for uh, seniority or anything else. So you, you know something about the character. It's it's so it becomes comfortable. It's familiar. You know, if you're a reader, you know what I'm talking about. Um, and the other books was one on cancel culture, uh, which uh, you know I thought, wow. It's staring me right in the face. I've got to get this. And I'm glad. Uh, It's written by a black activist, uh, gay male. And, um, boy, that person certainly has their uh, perspective. But it's very well written. And uh, I feel it's going to be very helpful. I'm going to read you a couple of... uh, a couple of quotes from it. Uh, we may as well do that right now, right? Like, uh, hey, we're into it, right? Welcome to the podcast. This is Scarborough Dude, and uh, we're getting right down to the nitty-gritty here. Cancel culture is about being able to speak truth to power. Okay, that's in in a nutshell. That's a nice little definition. Can't argue with that. Cancel culture is about being able to speak truth to power. Now, of course, there seems to be variation. We know what power is, but the truth, it's an iffy word. Um, he compares it. Bullying is rooted in causing deliberate harm, nothing more. That's what bullying is, because a lot of people are trying to, you know, the defendees are saying, say, oh, cancel culture is bullying. Bullying is rooted in causing deliberate harm, nothing more. Cancel culture is rooted in causing transformative change. Something more is being demanded. That's what that's what it's about. So those are pretty pretty solid points. Uh, you know, makes a solid foundation. So I'm finding, uh, wow, this is going to be a, a, a good read, and uh, I'm going to be, of course, as I'm doing now, sharing things with you. That was called, can- yeah. Oh, sorry, we got it. We got it. Cancel culture is not bullying. It's a call for accountability. No, oh, I like that. I like that. It gives examples. I mean, it starts right off. Uh, that this is not, you know, people think, oh, it's something new, it's just come up, and especially the boomers are, you know, wanting to uh, say this is new and it's only as a result of, you know, our smartphones and so on and uh, the Internet. And he's saying, no, 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 this is this is the way things have always been. And he gives us examples, the Boston Tea Party. Hey, we're not going to take this shit anymore. Uh, we're going to take action. And, you know, you can go right up to the time of Vietnam protests and so on. 
another one I found very interesting in the history was 1915, the NAACP, you should know what that is, uh, called for a ban on the movie The Birth of a Nation because it featured the KKK and also painted the black people in a very, very uh, harmful light. And I've seen that movie. I think we studied it when I did cinema at university. Um, but uh, that was uh, another example of you know this where these movements stem from, and uh, and then right up to Gandhi in the uh, 1930, uh, protesting you know saying we'll make our own salt then we're not going to pay your taxes to England. Um, so gives the background for it. Uh, the, the it's called the case for cancel culture. How this democratic tool works to liberate us all by, I believe that's Ernest Owens, O-W-E-N-S. All right, so there you go. Um, The other book I picked up was Zen in the Age of Anxiety. I quickly jumped to the middle. I read the intro, and I thought, oh, no, this is the same old. I mean, how many books on Zen can you read? Uh, because you know it's always it always comes down to the same be here now you know it just you just don't get away from that and so uh, but I couldn't resist it it was a new one and I liked the cover and I got it but there were a couple of things that I did found and I, I jumped to the middle on uh, humility natural humility is the source of authenticity self-respect and confidence um, it is called if I, I don't know if I said it uh, Zen in the age of anxiety. Um, but uh, that part I could try and relate to me because he was talking about confidence and clearly, clearly, clearly if you've listened to this, if you know anything about me I lack self-confidence I always have, it's it's sort of shaped my life and uh, there's lots of things I can look back on and think hey Ken, well done man, well done give yourself a pat on the back but then you get caught up in that circle. Yeah, well, could have done it better. Somebody else could have done it. Could have done it sooner. And you end up this whole game of uh, judging yourself, evaluating yourself, and that's what he's trying to uh, trying to get away from. Um, here he goes. Humility and confidence are two sides of the same coin. Uh, the more naturally humble you are, the more confident you are. So I guess I'm not all that humble, and uh, I'd, I'd like to think I was. I think it's a good thing to be humble, but I, I don't think I'm there at all, and uh, I'll leave that for you to judge. Um, the, the, the more humble you are, the more confident you are. It requires confidence to simply be without trying to present a persona that others will respect or admire, without plast, uh, without I don't know, something or pretense without the need to be right all the time, right? If you, if you have that confidence, then you don't need to do all that stuff. And I think I need to sort of constantly prove myself. I mean, I'm very defensive about this podcast. I, I'm, I mean, all this started up because I'm, I'm so often apologetic about the Dixon Jeans podcast. Like, it's an embarrassment to me that I, I keep doing this. And, and, you know, I'm even telling, I was just telling you very recently, hey, it's getting better. I've just found my stride. Um... And then I think, whoa, what, what are you saying? You know, really? Has it changed at all? But a lot of it is just, it's just this confusion. And this is why I will keep reaching for books on Zen. How can I clear my head? How can I, how can I have some clarity? How can I get rid of this 
Ego. Coming on now, a few songs that got kind of a grind vibe. Ludwig Garanson up first. All right. So that's uh, just so you can hear a little bit of my DJ. It's my man. My, that's my guy. Um, he talks about flow. Uh, and I like to think that this podcast, although I, I seem to be stumbling constantly, actually has flow. Now, I think there's less flow when I start reading quotes to you and, and repeating them. But generally speaking, as it's unrehearsed, as it can go on for, you know, 20 minutes at a burst, there is a certain flow to this thing. Flow is being completely involved in an activity for its own sake. The eagle falls away, time flies, every action, movement, and thought follows inevitably from the previous one, like playing jazz. And I think sometimes I get that when you get into the flow, especially without reading things that you've pasted into your uh, your notes, um, you do get this sense of flow. Uh, and I guess I should try and get back to that more often and rely less on notes. But hey, when I'm dealing with books that I'm talking about, I got to take quotes out. I got to put it in context. I got to I got to quote exactly what was it I just read and I'm trying to share right. Anyway, when you're, when you're in a state of flow, your whole being is involved and you're using your skills to the utmost. And flow involves timelessness, or it gives a sense of timelessness, effortless, effortless, effortlessness, which I certainly try for, and selflessness. Okay, I think that's about it. That's all I'm going to do for my notes. Uh, that's all we got. Um, I'm going to jump a little bit here to something else, and that is, I, I mentioned this person, uh, oh, oh my god, DeVoe, what's her name, that woman I just mentioned in the last, uh, last set of notes here, I'll find it right here, come on, come on, where are you, Abigail, Abigail DeVoe, um, that, well, it's kind of interesting watching her uh, go back and do these albums, and the one I watched today was King Crimson. And I have that album, the famous screaming face on the cover, you know, and uh, and I wanted to hear, okay, what does she say? Because my experience from listening to music is simply listening to the music. Uh, probably when I listened to King Crimson in my basement, I probably had headphones on, you know, with a long jack plugged in, listening in stereo, and just being completely absorbed in the sounds that I'm hearing. And of course, like in the album, I mean, it, it is just so far out. It is Robert Fripp, I guess, is the main instigator, writer. Uh, but it just, it really, wow, grabbed me. But when I hear her go on about it, she's digging deep into who was producing, who was, who was writing, who did this, what group did they come from, where did they get to next, uh, and, and so much more in-depth and I think, well, wait a minute. I always thought I was experiencing it to its fullest, mostly because when I listen to albums like the early Pink Floyds, Piper at the Gates of Dawn, Sauce Full of Secrets, um, you, this album, you know, uh, and Umagama and all those others, Pink Floyd albums, and most of the others, the Moody Blues even, I was high on hash. And that was your thing. You got high, you toked up in your little pipe, uh, and you got your earbuds in, headphones, no earbuds, headphones, 
and you listened, and you got lost and carried away. You, you, you became at one with that music. You really, really did. Those sounds were where you were. You're out in space, man. Uh, and, and, and it was an absolutely wonderful experience. And yet now, and this is to do with confidence and, and the other things I talked about. Now, when I go back and listen to somebody like uh, Abigail go on about what she's dug out of these out of this vinyl and what her experience is and what she's learned and wants to share it just makes my experience seem so superficial so shallow and again I'm, I'm going I, the reason I'm telling you this is I'm doing that vicious circle of now I'm comparing myself why? I had a wonderful listening experience it was all I needed it was all I wanted it couldn't have been better and yet here I am today thinking, oh my God, Ken, you're so superficial, you're so shallow. You didn't, you didn't what? You didn't know those lyrics? You didn't read all the lyrics? You weren't sitting there? No, I was just listening, man, in the dark, in my basement. That was enough. But now it seems, oh dear, what did I miss? So, I don't know. I, I guess th- this is just another example of uh, how the Dixon Jane's podcast is so wrapped up in the head of Ken Scarborough, sorry, Scarborough dude, that uh, it, it, it makes me embarrassed. So I'm, I'm going to leave it at that. God, I'm going to have to recover this somehow, but that's long enough, my God. Um, we'll just, yeah, we'll just fade out with some music. That's it. I'll get to you. I'll get back to you another day. really like that. Funked up. Why is it so static here? Is it supposed to be? the start of this particular clip. Uh, And that, of course, is Paul McCartney from Band on the Run. And the only reason I'm playing that today is I put on the latest uh, In Your Ear Holes 
And uh, this one features uh, Oliver Rockslide and uh, Slugar, Douglas Slug, Doug Slater, um, debating or opinionating uh, over this album, uh, which Oliver thinks it's highly overrated, uh, and Doug thinks it's great. And uh, they both like uh, 1985, the ending song. And I just, I've just quickly gone through them all here on uh, Spotify. Uh, that's not my. This was my favorite at the time. I just like the sound. This took me back to a Beatles kind of sound. Now you have to remember, <clears throat> we were buying these albums when they came out. Uh, you know, this is 1973. We were all, we had all the Lachine tribe had moved to Vancouver by 1973. And, uh, we're, we're, oh, great. There's a new McCartney one. Ah, this is one we can get high to and really enjoy. Now we're not smoking ash, we're smoking grass, but we're, uh, and getting a little drunk, a lot drunk, I guess. Uh, but this was a fun album to listen to. And, and we were glad that this came back up. It sort of made up for the, we've lost the Beatles, but hey, they're coming back and this is pretty damn good. So uh, that's uh, <laughs> that's it. That's why I'm going to take my walk. I don't think I'm going to listen to the whole thing. I, I don't think I need this. I think I need something else. Uh, but I am looking forward to hearing the rest of the podcast as uh, Oliver goes on to tell him why it's not so great. And uh, Doug tries his best to say, no, it is fantastic. And you're wrong. Uh, and that's always a, always a bit fun. I see the walker. He's talking to somebody, or maybe it's the squirrels. I'm not sure. He does a lot of uh, hen gestures, and uh, for sure I will weave to him. And uh, it's, uh, it's a blustery day. There, I, I started this before the walk because there was snow blowing and a, a high wind. And, um, gosh, yeah, I got to... I'm going to get out there. I'm going to get my hat on, my trolley, and uh, and do the walk. Maybe he's finished for the day. I don't know. I see he's all bundled up. Uh, but that's not why we're we're doing this. You tell, you tell you what. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to just um, stop this. I'm going to come back to you because uh, I think he's heading home, and uh, I want to wave to him before he leaves. Um, yeah. Oh, what was it gonna? Oh no, he's making one more. I'll wave. Hello, I'm coming out. Is it cold? Okay. All right, I'm coming. Okay. Lots of hand gestures. All right. I'll see you soon. I don't know. I mean, I don't. It's, it's just there's a lot of, you know, <laughs> hands go this way, go that way, and uh, things get shouted. And, of course, I'm sitting in my car with my earbuds in. Oh, and this is kind of fun. You know, whole hey-ho. I mean, it's kind of stupid song, but we liked it. It made us happy. You never think I'm worrying. That spoke to us. When you
it was recorded in Lagos. I didn't know that. Okay, I am back. I have deliberately turned the music off. Uh, I took my walk. Gosh, I did uh, quite a bit. I could probably figure out. Yeah, give me a sec here. Well, let's just look. Here's fitness. Looking on my phone. How many steps? Uh, 3,600 steps. That's uh, 2.6 kilometers. Um, that's not <clears throat> where I've been aiming for. I want to get there. But I'll, I'll hit 4,000 by the time I'm done for the day. So that's okay. That's okay. All right. So, things, things to talk about. Why did I watch the Super Bowl? Uh, my son asked me that. And he was not at all impressed with my answer. Uh, and so, I kind of feel, I've rehearsed it. I, I, I mean, I've gone over my mind. I repeated what I told him. Why didn't he get what I was saying? Like he wanted to know, like, was there a play you saw that you really enjoyed? Did you get really excited? Were you, were you happy with the outcome? And it was none of those things. And I tried to explain the reason I watched the Super Bowl was for the big picture. How was America presenting itself to the world? That, that really, I believe that's where I was coming from. So I'm, I'm going to air it here, and I'm, you know, I never get any feedback. I don't expect any, but I'm sharing it with you in case it makes you think too. Maybe you watched it, maybe you didn't. Maybe you're a football fan. Like I know Tennessee Jake likes football, so he would of course watch that game and and I'm sure uh, my other American friends did. I watched it as a, a non-sports fan, but I watched it because it was such a big fucking deal. Oh my god. Americans make big things. Like, I watch the uh, the Grey Cup, and I'll actually enjoy it, you know, because I, I care. There's two Canadian teams, and I always have one that I hope is going to win. It's often wild, outdoors, snow coming down. It's it's kind of crazy. and But by comparison, it's real lightweight. You know, it's like a junior team or something. You know, who cares? Uh, but when it comes to the Super Bowl, all the hype about... Uh, Taylor Swift being there and her boyfriend who, my God, I couldn't believe that was him screaming at the coach. Like, whoa, what kind of an asshole is this? And they tried to defend him on TV. I watched it. Yeah, well, he's just, he's emotional and, he, you know, he cares about the game. Fuck, that really, I, I, the moment I'm talking about that was televised, you know, whoa, unscripted. Fuck, who is this guy? Uh, so anyway, yeah, I did get some reaction. I wanted San Francisco to win. It didn't really upset me that they didn't. I was trying to take a bigger view that, whoa, maybe if Kansas wins and Taylor Swift is happy, maybe there's a ripple effect. The ripples, the ripples, the ripples. And she will come out telling all her fans to vote for 
Biden, given there's no other choice. Uh, and, and then somehow it'll be something positive will come of this. That, that's, that was the hope. But what I was trying to tell my son was this, this America, I mean, they do it in American style. Like, you know, even high school, you got marching bands, you know, you, this, we don't do that here. We're, we're this British sort of reserved style of things. So I watched it. The other reason I watch is because I'm 75, going to be 76 in April. There is a finite number of shows like Academy Awards, uh, you know, New Year's, special events that only happen once a year. And those are finite. Like, maybe, who knows, I could have 10 more Super Bowls. Now, you know, maybe it doesn't, I, I, I don't think I'd be upset if I didn't see any more after this one. I, it wouldn't be a big deal. But it is a marking of time. And so I made a little effort. I went out and got chicken wings. Now, they're half price, so of course I got two boxes. And told them, I'll look after supper. Don't worry. When we were in uh, St. Jacob's, I bought beer. So I had beer, chicken wings, uh, pizza, and to make it kind of an event. My son watched for a few minutes with me. But I was explaining to him, this is America. They want to show the world, look at us. Our girls are the most beautiful. Our players are the biggest, the strongest, the best. That this is America waving the flag, holding up. And, and I'm not faulting America for that. This is the image they want to project in a, in a very troubled world right now. And Dad says, nobody gives a shit about American football. I said, no, no, that image, when they do close-ups of the faces, whoa, that guy looks big and strong and... You know, proud, and uh, yeah, he's going to do good. And it's the other countries, and nobody cares about who their heroes are and so on. And and this is the American way of sort of staying front and center. We are what you want to be. So those are some of the reasons. And maybe to you they sound pretty flimsy, too. But my son just wasn't buying it at all. I, I don't get it, you know. And I said, no, it's, it's just, it's a, I'm, it's a bigger picture. Why is America, you know, what is all this about? What, it, what, you know, anyway. All right, so, all right, done. All right, check that off the list. Nigeria, I can't believe I've been watching YouTubes on Nigeria. And I'm seeing this incredible wealth of people building, like, fortress homes. Not guarded the way I would have thought they'd be guarded, but, yeah, fenced in completely with several guard houses around them but often empty, of people who are multi-millionaires. Now, there was no such thing. There were corrupt politicians and there were chiefs, uh, you know, and and religious leaders who would have a a compound with their wives and, and many people living within, but nothing like these houses. And last night I watched one where a guy had bought a whole strip of Lagos of the land and made this multi-million, you know, he was saying $300 million, whatever, place for people to come and open business and have recreation. And But it was this incredible wealth, and, I, and I, it just isn't jar. And again, my son pointed out to me, Dad, your vision of Nigeria is 50 years old. And I'm thinking, yeah, okay, 40-something, 45 years. Yeah, you're right. Uh, that is the Nigerian, and I, I just cannot believe 
the amount of wealth that's trickled into the hands of a lot of young people. These people with the big homes had Lamborghinis and Rolls Royce and stuff like you see in Arabia. And I guess there's a spillover from, they're seeing high tech. A lot of people will be thinking, no, just corruption, you know, these crooks. Uh, but others are saying, no, it's it's the oil. And I don't, I don't know. I don't understand it. I'm just in a state of shock. All right. Check. Done. Sorry, I know this could be annoying, but now we're going to get to the books. Cancel culture, because I read a little more today. And I, I am really glad I found the book. And I think it is going to inform me much better. They gave examples of people who were bullied that wasn't part of cancel culture and sort of showing the distinction between the two and sort of trying to get rid of the the people who want to blanket the whole thing. All this crap is just cancel culture. It's unfair and so on. And they're sort of saying, well, wait, there are cases where bullying or just being pure meanness. And it was like the scene with people trying to link the Antifa movement with black culture or with black, black lives matter. And they say, no, those are not the same, but it serves the purpose of people in power like Trump to link them together. And that's what people are trying to do with, with cancel culture. You know, they take the worst example of a bullying and say, this is cancel culture. Look what it did to this poor person. So here it is. Cancel culture is political, deliberate, and conscious. It is not a matter of taste, a difference of opinion, or simply a publicity stunt. Cancel culture isn't the first reaction, but a last resort, one that should never be taken lightly. Okay, so a little bit of a definition there, and I know I read some others uh, in the last clip. Now, from the other book that I have with me right here, Zen in the Age of Anxiety, Wisdom for Navigating Our Modern Lives. Hmm. I just jumped right to the middle, and I did find a few good passages, but here's one in particular that I like, and I know... You know, maybe I should have a little introduction, special voice, you know, echo, echo, echo. No, we won't do that. I'm just going to read it to you, and it's up to you to pay attention, okay? Beginning now. The universe is not a thing. It is an ever-changing process, creating and recreating itself moment by moment. It unfolds in specific forms and patterns, but within these forms and patterns, everything is always changing. Okay, let you digest that. That that is that is that is the essence. That is the thing. That is why when we try to what, what he's getting at is when we try to hang on to ourselves, thinking I am this static thing, this personality uh, that. I personally, Ken Bull, struggles with, you know, who am I? It's not fixed. It's ever-changing. We learn and and we're, we're, we're recreating. And he talks about, you know, how they we shed our skin and our organs and everything is just, every cell is rebuilding itself and a new one is replacing the old and dead and so on. Uh, but that is true of ourselves too. There is no permanent static self. There is this conscious thing that exists. And we think, I mean, we attach a personality. We know we do that. The way we attach a personality to somebody we like, like Leonard Cohen or Joni Mitchell. And we look for a consistency. And, but when you look at Joni's music and Leonard's music, wow, it's just changed. We don't expect them to be the same or sing the same and feel the same and express the same emotions. We, 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 we want change. 
That's what we loved about the Beatles. Here, go full circle there. The Beatles, wow. To start off with these long-haired lads from Liverpool, you know, singing Shake It Up Baby and Twist and Shout and uh, I Want to Hold Your Hand. Wow, that was fun. Now let's see where they take us. Let's see where they go. Let's see what happens to them. As suddenly they get fame and fortune and and good producers and drugs. Holy shit. Wow. Holy moly. What a journey. Look at George's journey, you know. And we were just talking about Paul here. Oh, by the way, on my walk, the walk I just finished, the walk I'm now back in the car... The walk I just finished, I listened to Ram. I said, the hell with a band on the run. One of the ones we listened to and had fun. And there was a few songs on Ram we really liked. Now, they were more songs you might drink to as opposed to uh, just getting high to, or maybe a little of both. But there, there was some fun on Ram. And, of course, it was two years earlier. It was 71. But I've got that album. I've got Band on the Run. I've got the first one, the Paul McCartney, the solo album with the bowl of cherries on the cover. Got all those. And all of those are going to go up when I do my YouTube video project, which is probably going to start, you know, this spring, I guess. I'm going to be putting all those albums up for sale. I'm going to be introducing. I'm not going to be playing cuts because I don't want anybody saying, oh, you can't do that on YouTube. It's going to be a YouTube channel. Another Scarborough Dude channel, but I'm restarting, re-kicking this, and I'm doing. And each of those albums are here, but hey, I got the original. I got that, because when when I'm watching this, uh, uh, what's her name, Abigail DeVoe, she's sort of saying, oh, I got this copy, and it's a repress, and whatever, and so on. Hey, I got all these originals. Now, some of them, I mean, I cut up hash on album covers, so they're not all in mint condition, but the records are fine. Anyway, those will be going up, and I'll, I'm going to have fun going through and sort of say, hey, look what I got. I mean, all the Beatles stuff bought back at that time, you know, and a lot more, a lot of neat stuff back there. So anyway, stay tuned for that. Follow me, follow the Scarborough dude. Lots more coming. We're not done yet, but uh, for this clip, we are done. Thank you very much for listening. Bye for now. Okay, I can't tell you if there's a, a wind noise or whatever. I can feel it on my bare hands. I don't know why I stopped in the middle of my happiness to grab my mic and turn it on. Um, but there are things I want to say, things I want to remember, and things I want to say and express um, about my friends, uh, the bravery of the Barstool Buddha. Okay, so there's one point. That's why I want to talk about that. Uh, remind myself to meet. Robert for coffee. Yeah. Oh my God. What's going through my ears now? I'm listening to. I've got. Holy fuck. Wow. Isn't that nice? Jesus. Uh, to. What is it? Over the hill. Is that it? Something like that. I don't know. Oof. Yeah. So I had a talk today. And uh, that's a good thing. Uh, today's, uh, boy, the, the past 24 hours have been pretty fucking damn good. Pretty fucking damn good. Note, I didn't put in a God or uh, a Jesus in that. Just pretty fucking damn good. Oh, I'd like to call it that. Oh, if I can remember that. Okay, title, pretty fucking damn good. 
Yeah, it says it nicely, doesn't it? Anyway, I'm sitting in the park on uh, this, um, you know, what's a little opposite Thompson Park ravine, Birkdale Ravine. Oh my God! They what the AI is doing a brilliant job today. It took me away from McCartney's um, "Back to the Egg," which I agree with Oliver Rockslide is absolutely awful. Um, but Oliver made a, another good point too about. Uh, listening to music is, is the individual's appreciation, but also just the time when you're listening to it. What was going on in your life at that time? So it's you know it's very hard to judge objectively. It's just an engagement, and I, that was the word I came up with. Uh, McCartney music didn't engage me. I'm happy for Paul that he is a, he is a singer songwriter, and he likes doing this, and so he just keeps doing it, and no reason not to. We should all be grateful. Uh, you know, for the artists, as I've said too many times. Uh, but um, doing what he wants to do, doing what he likes to do, and getting other people engaged. But then suddenly after that, uh, Steely Dan came on with a song. Oh, I can't remember the name now, and uh, but I know it well. Maybe I didn't know it at all. I'm surprised. Who the hell is this? Anyway... Uh, I was engaged, engaged by the music. Wow, I want to listen now. I want to hear this now. Of course, you could say, "Well, no, that's the that's the weed talking." But it's no, it's it was the the totality. Yeah, I want to hear this. Whereas I didn't care about the next song on uh, "Back to the Egg." So anyway, good for McCartney. The Quebecers love him. That makes me happy. And uh, was that a, was that the last thing? Let's see something about. Probably something else, but anyway, I'm going to continue my walk. Uh, it's a perfect day, sunny day. Uh, out for dinner last night with Nell, called her treat uh, for a coupon I gave her for Christmas with the intention she'd bring a friend, and she said, no, let's go. And it was one of these, uh, he beats, I think it was called Hibitsu Teppanyaki. In the Teppanyaki, where they do all the cooking right at the grill, right in front of you, and the guy's like a, an entertainer, like you'd see on TV, with the knives and the cooking at all, the vegetables, the uh, the rice, the, the balancing an egg on his flipper and then cutting it in half, you know, in one swoop, making noises. A real, a real performance. And the guy was flawless. Did it flawlessly and dished up. He's serving eight people. Two, 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 two. And everybody got the same portions. He got them right, you know, exactly. The number of scallops, the, the lobster tail, the steak, which was fantastic. Cooked the way you want. Uh, and then all these vegetables and, um, you know, the whole the whole shooting match. And it was really good. A little, it was nice because Nalco suggested it. My dear wife, my dear wife, my dear wife. Who I am on this Valentine's Day. Just so grateful. And I should be even more, much more appreciative, but... Feel fortunate to have her as my partner, my I think um, a much rougher ride for her. She gave up an awful lot uh, marrying me. Um, but I think 
in the big picture, their situation is not so bad here in this nice house, which you got thanks to Japan. Like I, another thank you. I'm saluting people. I'm saluting uh, Harold for his bravery, uh, and I want to get back to that. And um, Rob for his success, both in uh, Thailand, by the way. And um, gentlemen who um, did things their way, both with Thai wives. There's another fellow's done the same that we know through Chris, who was part of the tribe, but sort of has isolated himself or his wife has isolated him or, or whatever. Also in northern Thailand, not far from Rob, but uh, they do they did know each other. Uh, the wives, I think, had a falling out. I think that's what it comes down to. A little bit of gossip here on the Dixon James podcast, but uh, Rob posted a picture of himself today wearing this, uh, you know, red Chinese cat uh, jacket, bright, you know, for it's the Chinese New Year. And, and uh, it was kind of a funny picture anyway. He said, I seldom wear bright colors, so here you are. But a, f- a few funny posts that I, I I saw it immediately wanted a funny hat to go with it. And didn't know if that was rude to say, but I knew Rob would understand. That was just after a talk, so a uh, salute to you, uh, Rob. Formerly Singapore Sam, living the good life in a beautiful home with his little escape kind of bungalow, his little place to go to that's quite nice too that he built. And very, very well done living on the, his wife's father's the land they have together. And it's it's a it's a it's quite a wonderful story. And and that's what I'm saluting. I'm saluting people who live their own lives and, and take an unusual path as I feel I have. Good morning. Uh, greeting the passing parade. Uh, again, the music is just blowing me away. Uh, so that was a start on things I wanted to share. Uh, I, I know I had something to say about Doug and uh, understanding. I guess you know the uh, hey, good for you. This music meant something to you, and uh, you're standing up for McCartney. Good, deservedly so. All right, hands are cold. I'm going to uh, put this away and uh, talk to you probably from another bench another time. Bye for now. Ooh, back to that music. If only you could hear. Okay, we're rolling. Um, I'm going to have a very hard time describing how wonderful this day has been. Um Zipping to the present moment, I've just watched a coyote here on Burkdale Ravine curl up for his sleep. There's a couple of men walking their dogs, and their dogs are very excited, barking at that thing. And that coyote knows it's on the other side of the ravine, the the waterway, uh, and it's bunking down for the day. But to see it up and around and moving, wow. I saw beavers locally, now a, a ravine, uh, uh, a coyote in the wild here, Birkdale Ravine, reporting to you from. Um, I have just gone into the Birkdale Community Centre for the first time in my life. I have lived here 30 years almost in Scarborough, and what a time I had. Believe me, 
That was the best choice I could have made today, besides the obvious one of lighting up. Uh, had a wonderful time talking with Karen, the uh, older folks manager. Uh, there's a hierarchy. There's a bigger office for the manager. But uh, anyway, a lovely lady. And then Prince of Ghanaian Heritage. I insisted I have a coffee with Prince and sat down and we had an absolutely wonderful chat. And it, uh, it, it made my day a fine gentleman. <laughs> just, uh, it was a pleasure to look at because of his, uh, uh, his outfit. It was just very well dressed. I think I used, you know, when I first met him, such a refined look or dignified. Um, I think it's his inner chieftain coming out. But a pleasure to meet that gentleman. I may even tell him about this podcast. I don't know. It's a bit risky because a lot of people will get turned off when they hear me. And uh, I'm a little too opinionated sometimes. And, uh, you know, definitely not politically correct in the sense. But I'm, I'm, I'm working on life and I'm learning. So I, I, I size myself up as a pretty good guy. I'm not uh, going to defend myself. Uh, and we, we exchange ideas. I would like him to do a, a a presentation on Ghana. Just, you know, maybe a series, a slideshow, or a couple of sessions. Present it to the... Um, he's hired by the Parks Board here in, Scar- in Toronto. So, uh, encouraged him to put forward that. And then he said, well, I could apply for a permit to have a, a drop-in conversation thing time that I've talked about before. So, i got to work on that more to find out what is the point but I was trying to explain it to him. The emphasis is just on people talking. And then we eventually got to the point where there are guidelines for this city. And, and if you're gonna, if it's officially going to be sponsored, it's going to be uh, have a committee involved to make sure it's safe for everyone and, and uh, will not upset anybody politically, religiously, emotionally. Or any other way, so you'd have to uh, mm, be careful, and that's kind of unfortunate. But that's totally understandable. Those are the rules. That's the way it works. You don't want to upset people, but you want to engage people in conversation. You know, things are. So I don't know. Maybe I should push the men's group forward. Idea, have a branch. I think yeah, that's a good idea. A men's group, no set agenda. Start off with one time. And then just see. Open to anybody, any age. Yeah, that'll be the pitch. Anyway, I'm just having a just such a great day. I'm just so glad I came out. It's Valentine's Day. It's it's memorable. Uh, I'm still thinking about my wife, and I suppose I should stop at Shoppers and see something. She doesn't want any more chocolate. She gets a lot at work. And uh, I, I wouldn't want a store-bought card. I thought I should write her a letter, a letter of thank you, expand on it a little bit, you know. And uh, that may be what I do, hand-scrawled. hand, hand scrawled. All right, that was, uh, what's his name in the song Runaway? Dion, I think, the song Runaway. Because Dion, did, did he die on this day? I don't know. Uh, it has been... Unbelievably good. The choice of music coming up, I, I, I just, the best ever. I don't know how it's picked them today, but it's certainly grabbed hold of me and uh, kept me here. 
So I'm going to uh, shut this down, I, I, and uh, I'll get back to you again a little later on. I'm just wanting to share a little bit of my, my bliss, my happiness, my my openness to yeah, walking through a new door. You know, you got to do that because you can shut yourself down in life. And I've also realized that this is the perfect place, I mentioned Robert earlier, to meet for coffee. This is where it's going to be. And I'm going to be coming back. They do exercises on Mondays, sitting in chairs. Okay, I'm coming back for that. And I'm coming back for they have, uh, apparently they have, um, what do you call it, shuffleboard. But it's on the floor. I was looking for the tables and... uh, little ridiculous. I said, oh, that's all my time spent in bars. The first thing I think is a shuffleboard table, but no. And she said, oh, you could join with your walker. So I might come just to observe that. So I have found myself a community center that I had never been in, in Scarborough, and I had the most wonderful possible introduction to it by, by getting the, you know, the information with Karen, getting the tour, getting the coffee, for which I paid 50 cents. Yeah, that's a fair price. Good. That's great. And uh, and then going back in to continue the conversation with Prince uh, about Africa, about Ghana, about uh, life in Canada, about life choices, about, uh, you know, I'm not revealing details here. I'm just saying it was wonderful to have exactly the conversation I thought was important. Now, he would be the perfect guy to have in the men's group. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna th- work a little more on this concept of a men's group, and I've got the experience. I'm a trained mediator. Uh, I'm certainly a, a teacher, so good you know a good listener, one of the skills. Um, but can keep things moving as necessary. So I think that's uh, I think that's what we'll do. And I may come up with a set of possible topics. You'd, you'd come prepared. You'd have paper to hand out to people. Okay. So that nobody's intimidated just by, oh, i got to speak in this room with nothing else. No, you got a piece of paper or two. Let's, here's some possible things you could talk about. How do you feel? Maybe do a little checklist. Introduction. The first one is the icebreaker. Have an icebreaker. Your name and something about you that's a little unusual, a little special. You know, corny, but hey, they work. They work. So today has been the most incredibly significant day in a, in a long time. And it's still connected to Naoko taking me out to dinner last night and the chain of events and going, so let's go, you know, we, you want a drink? And she looked at the drinks and I, I turned it down. And I said, well, maybe at the end, uh, one of those nice coffees um, after dinner. And ended up, no, her idea, no, we'll go to the uh, the um, LCBO across the street. So got a nice bottle of French wine and encouraged her. There are only two bottles left of the pickled plums, umeboshi, that she loves in this thing that you drink. And uh, the last one just finished. And so it was so nice to walk out. Good. So there's a couple of things bought at the LCBO uh, for an alcohol. Um yeah, it just, I just feel blessed and grateful and fortunate, and I just need to do a better job um, expressing this in real life. And I think the Birkdale Ravine, uh, or the, sorry, the Birkdale Community Center may be an important piece of the puzzle. I think it may serve as a very important linking piece. That's my thoughts now, today, and I hope they're the same tomorrow. Scarborough Dude, just digging it. 
loving this sunshine, loving this little bench I'm sitting on, loving the, uh, sounds like a McCartney song in the background. Well, let's see, who is that? What is it? Let's see. Come on, show me. Wings, she's my baby. She's my baby. Hmm. She's a woman. She's a lady of the evening. Oh, my goodness. And a McCartney love song. Hey, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah, i got to plug the other earbud in. Yeah, hey, it's Valentine's Day. I mean, that's that's certainly got to be why they chose this. AI knows it's Valentine's Day. You can be sure of that. But, uh, yeah, great night last night. And I better shut this off because I'm uh, starting to repeat myself. Scarborough Dude. Oh, where's the bell? just a little bit. I haven't heard that for a very long time. That is Traffic, once again brought to you by the AIDJ. Um, that was a good one. They, when we were in Glenn's basement back in uh, Lachine, I'd be going in his basement uh, window and uh, just sit there in the evening, get high and around his water pipe and listen to music because Glenn was the DJ, Glenn who sadly is no longer with us thanks to cancer. Um, Glenn would put on one by traffic, and I can't remember it, but it was, the lyric was, an elephant's eye was up in the sky looking at me through a bubblegum tree. Now, you had to be high to find that (laughs) amusing, and we sure found it amusing. Uh, It it was crazy, crazy, crazy. Wonderful times, a bonding of friends, the communion experience of what it was to sit around a water pipe uh, with the hash that I supplied uh, and the music that Glenn put on and just share, I was going to say brotherhood, that's not quite fair. Of course, we always invited his cute sister, Debbie, to join us. Um, but it, it was it, it was a communion. It, it, was, it was a bringing together. It was a sharing. And it was a wonderful thing. And again, those are the days, uh, again, this isolation we live in now. That's when you went to a friend's house to listen to albums together. Somebody gets a new album. Great. Let, let's listen to it. And and then, you know, if you really liked it, oh, i got to get a copy of that one. And sometimes, oh, maybe it won't. It doesn't matter if I ever want to hear it. I'll just go over to Bruce's house or Glenn's or whatever. And, uh, yeah, that's what we did. 
Speaking of albums, well, no, I'm not going to speak of albums other than my collection I'm putting up for sale. Uh, and I'm going to do it on a, um, 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 a YouTube posting, sort of showing them and then just offering people to send in, hey, send in your bid. Uh, a tipping point was almost today, listening again to Abigail uh, doing a, her review of uh, Ram, the McCartney album I mentioned last time. And um, she showed up on an album cover of the first one McCartney put out uh, that I also said I had and said, I haven't got my copy yet. They're too expensive, something like that. And I thought, oh, well, that's good. Maybe these are in demand, some of these albums. You know, there's some value in my uh, 60s, early 70s record collection. I probably stopped buying them by, you know. Gosh, uh, I guess the last ones I bought, well, I bought a lot of Joni Mitchell and um, David Bowie out in Vancouver uh, when I was living together with that same young lady I just mentioned in Glenn's basement, Debbie. Um, and that was probably about it, you know, and then moving on and so on. Uh, but anyway, 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 I've already probably used up my time. Let me just look here. Oh, yeah. We're into overtime now, and I'm going to apologize for that, but it's uh, Thursday morning. I'm here at Thompson Park. The snow is falling. I've got my stroller, but I don't know if I'm going to go out for a while. I probably, If I'm here, I probably should at least make one lap, even in the snow. I got, I got warm clothes. I'm good. Um, but I'm not ready to end this podcast yet. I, I realized yesterday, oh my God, I did probably go on a bit yesterday and I, and I wanted to revisit that uh, and and come back to it. I got high and I, I've been thinking about this for so long, but this just happened to be the morning and okay, well, why, today's the day. And I looked, okay, do I have any? I had a couple of roaches left. That's all in a little container. I don't even know if I have any more grass, but I had those roaches, and I took one, and I took, instead of my just one or two puffs, I took several, um, and then went on my walk. And that was the walk that led me to the Burkdale Community Center and the exchange I mentioned yesterday, that wonderful exchange I had with Prince, uh, the young man from Ghana originally, and, well, not so young, <laughs> 52, I think, uh, <laughs> And uh, Karen, the uh, senior sort of manager, and got it into my head, I want to start a program there. I want to start a men's drop-in group. Uh, and I know this sounds, hey, that's a bit premature, you know, when you're, you're high, you always get these crazy ideas when you're high. But some of them see the light of day. Some of them just realize, yeah, it, it's not just like a sudden thing that out of the blue... I've been wanting to do this for a very long time. And in fact, probably a year or more ago, I went to another community center, my local one, and had the meeting and went through the the whole process. And I just didn't get a lot of, uh, it just, there was a bit too much paperwork to go through. And I know the same thing is going to go through, going to happen here because it's community run. They don't want some radical coming in and, uh, preaching, you know, who knows, uh, anti-Israeli, uh, you know, uh, issues or, or any sort of thing that could cause a bit of an uproar in the community. So you've got to, you've got to play it safe. But I've already started a, uh, a file. This is uh, Jethro Tell Akralung, but I'm not going to listen to it. 
I've already started making notes on how I'm going to do this. How I'm going to, and you know, if they buy into it, and if they make me want to jump through too many hoops, and no, no, it's got to be this, this, or this. Uh, I mean, they may even balk at the fact that I want it to be a men's group. Well, that's discriminating. Yeah, well, because men don't want to talk about prostate cancer in a, a room with women. Okay. So, you know, I can state my case pretty well. And when I look at my background, hey, I'm a retired ESL teacher from right here, fucking Centennial College. I won't use the word fucking. Um, I'm, uh, I'm a trained mediator. I've got certificates in adult education and counseling. I've lived, you know, outside of Canada. I'm aware of Asian culture and African culture the issues. I, I, I'm the guy. I am the guy to lead, facilitate a men's group. It's whether there's any interest or not. And, of course, the issues you sometimes get just needy people who just want to whine. Uh, it would be, I would not expect it to get to the level of the men's group that I am in, I, I am in now where we're really focused and, and it's an intelligent group of men who are there for a common reason. We're going to make something out of these two hours every month and uh, and actually really open up and it's not just a rambling, you know, pointless conversation to fill time. Uh, it's it's quite the opposite. And so it might take a, uh, it might be difficult to build up that kind of, uh, uh, you know, situation that I want. I know I, I tried even at my local school just to get people to drop in. And no, 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 no. So, you know, we'll see. But I think, I guess what I wanted to get at, and it's tying into the Zen book. I'm going to read you a few quotes. Don't worry. Uh, <laughs> um, it's an openness. And yesterday, having that talk just made me wide open to the, the now the present moment, which is what Zen is all about, existing in the and being open to you know, dropping the barriers, getting getting past the walls, the, getting past the limits that we self-impose or, or we let others put on us. I engaged in conversation after that, after leaving there. My God, I, I, somebody would go by and I saw a woman with a smile and I thought she was high too. And I said, doesn't that just feel great? You know, the sun on your face and got a wonderful smile back and, you know, a comment from her as she passed by. Um, another woman who was a, the daycare supervisor from right beside where I had just gone. And we had a wonderful talk about the importance of teaching children good manners. And, how it's best to, and it was an engaging conversation. Now, there was one more. And it was a gentleman who had been, I think, a bit too long in the, in the banking business, banking sector, and uh, doing um, uh, technical work. For them, and seemed to have an awful lot of a focus on money. His conversation was along the lines of what he taught his kids was: if you want to go to university, you're going to first make a spreadsheet and show me exactly how much you're going to need month by month, how much you're going to spend, how much it's going to cost you, how you're going to pay me back, how long it will take. And he had to make this spreadsheet until he was 30, you know, and he'd have all the money paid back. And then when the son presented it to him. He said, okay, now I can tell you 
I've been saving in your RRSP, or RRESP, Registered Educational Savings Plan, so I can cover all that. But I just needed you to know first to show me you were serious about this. Uh, Oh, boy. That's not something I would do with my kids. I mean, I had the RESP. I did that. I just paid their fees. Oh, no, this guy had different... But it's always really money-focused. And he said, I taught them there's two things in life. Number one, you got to work hard. Work hard. And number two, invest wisely. Invest your money. Fuck. It was not an interesting conversation. It lasted longer than I wanted to. I finally sort of said, well, I guess we're... Uh, I guess I've taken up enough enough of your time. Uh, because he was taken up... On, and, and it wasn't. It was, you know, this was where he was at. And so I'm realizing, you know, okay... Uh, everybody's different. The woman who was the supervisor, you know, we were able to exchange a conversation. I mean, I did with this other man. He certainly heard about my business. Uh, and, I, and I don't share this to be negative. It's just that you can't expect everybody to, um, to, to share your interest or your outlook on life. And I've got to be open to that too, okay? So they're goddamn wasted time talking about him. I didn't want to. Um, Zen is about compelling people to think deeply. It's that simple. Zen is about compelling people to think deeply. Okay? Pack that. Uh, Here's another Zen quote that he got from his teacher. You're perfect as you are, but you can use a little improvement. And uh, that's a good one. Accept yourself for who you are now, but it doesn't mean you can't continue to grow and get a little better. So, you, you you know, stop beating. You don't have to beat up on yourself, but just be open to the fact that, you you know, the, the change is possible too. Change will be there because life is about change. Uh, I felt yesterday, I, I really, it was like open doors. And, and I guess what I'm trying to get at, it wasn't just the fact of the weed. The weed just put me in a good, open, friendly mood. That's all it did. It was like a, a mood changer type thing. But it was my openness of going in. Well, I'm going to go into that community center. I'm going to go. In. And then when they sort of sent me over to the manager and we had a coffee with her, uh, I realized the guy I wanted to talk to was Prince. And I said, well, I'm just going to go back and, and continue my conversation. And sat down and uh, I even gave him a hug at the end. You know, I just, you know, I, that's what I wanted to do. And engage, to be engaged. Now, I'm going to jump around, but it's all tied in together. So, yeah, okay, you might find this as a rambling. Well, this is fucking important to me, all right? Jesus. Ken, Ken, Ken. Nobody's beating up on you. You don't have to be so defensive all the time. It's this constant, and boy, this is something i got to get over, this constant need to apologize and, and defend myself and, and this podcast, you know? Um, here's a here's a quote well, that is relevant. It is only the constant chattering of our minds that makes us feel isolated and alone. And I put that out on a tweet yesterday, or a stupid, what's the other one? Which I don't like, I, n- I never get any feedback from them, or very little other than Sue's Muse. It is only the constant chattering of our minds that makes us feel isolated and alone. Um, you make of that what you will. I already understand that. I, I get exactly what it means. Um, let's see. Oh, here's McCartney. 
there was a little this business you're perfect as you are uh, when when we drove back from uh, St. Jacob's with my wife on that Saturday where we had the wonderful um, um, uh, apple fritters I told you about I told her in the car I said you know I'm feeling absolutely I feel so good these days I feel really content and I emphasized that and I was sort of thinking I wanted her you know, I said about everything, about my sons, about our home, about, about everything. And I, I kind of wanted her to share that and say, oh, that's good. And she didn't. Her response I took to be very negative was somehow implied I could be doing a little better. It was like, you're perfect as you are, but you can use a little improvement. And this is something now called Des. Very often, and very often, I, I take umbrage. I take umbrage. I get my back up. Hey, come on, I'm happy. Why can't you just be happy I'm happy? Isn't that enough? Why can't you just share my happiness? And she kind of let it be known that this hasn't been that. I might be happy, but my son's struggling right now with a very difficult job. Uh, she's worried about him. She's really drained from the work she's doing as, as every year it gets harder and harder because the people can't leave this place, but they don't have, they, they're becoming more and more physically and mentally disabled. Uh, or you know, and, and so it's, it's just a, a continual uh, drain and, and, and difficult. And her mother died this year, and she wasn't able to see her or go back for that. And she's gone through a hard time. And here I am saying, hey, look how happy I am. And I pushed back. Why can't you let me be happy? And then realized, as I always do with time, she's, her response is, I'm not your mother. You were like saying, oh, that's a good boy. Good boy. Nice. I'm not your mother. And I, that's exactly what I needed. And this is what Naoko does for me. She keeps me honest. She keeps me thinking. She will push a little bit. You know, how silly of me to, to just begin. And it wasn't that. She uh, yeah, I'm back. Uh, sorry, the batteries ran out. I knew they would. Um, I, I need to finish off what I was working on there. Um, I think I just said my wife made it clear she's not my mother, and she has said that before, and, and it's a lesson I, I, I take and appreciate. But it sometimes takes me a full day to really understand. And then she just, you know, shows she cares in ways that are subtle, but I, I, I read them. I know them. It's just a different way of communicating, and part of it is just her Japanese essence. Uh, and I have to learn these ways. And like, like today, gee, suddenly she hands me a coffee and a beautiful egg sandwich at breakfast time, which I wasn't expecting. And, oh, thank you. Wow. Um, but where, where do we go from there? I, I still have so much to learn. I, I really am immature in, 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 to an embarrassing degree. And this is not just beating up on myself. It, it's something I know it. I, I mean, I have this emotional short fuse where I'll, I'll overreact and then realize, whoa, why? Whoa, 
you know, back off. Think a little bit here, buddy. But that's hard for me to do. And, and again, you can't, you know, you, you learn and you move on. You, you forgive yourself. You have to. Um, here is a little something else that I'm going to read that I, that I need to learn more about sharing and caring about others. That, that's related to what I just talked about. So there's a little passage in the book. This is, again, Zen in the Age of Anxiety. Um, may I feel safe and protected. May I feel free from mental suffering in distress. May I feel healthy and strong. May I live in this world happily, peacefully, joyfully, and with ease. And you, you read that and you think, yeah. Yeah, I want all that. And then the next line is, okay, now substitute another name. Like, put in my wife's name. Oh, may Naoko feel safe and protected. May Naoko feel free from mental suffering and distress. May Naoko feel healthy and strong. May Naoko live in this world happily, peacefully, joyfully, and with ease. And you think, yeah, of course. Of course I want that for my wife. It's not just for me. I want that for my wife. Well, then put in somebody else's name. Maybe somebody you don't care too much about. Well, hey, hang on there, buddy. That's maybe going a bit too far, really. Do I want them to feel like, yeah, well, maybe they'd be a better person if they felt that, right? Uh, so it's a wonderful little exercise. And um, that's what I, what I care to share. All right. Here's one final part. I, I, I know I'm way over time, but this is just this is just the way it is. Okay, I've just got to share this. I have the need. I apologize. No, I don't. Um, we know that the brain is completely open and without fixed boundaries. Fixed boundaries. Even so, our incessant mental chatter habituated thought patterns and other addictive behaviors create an unnatural rigidity with the play-doh texture of the brain and this is about the you know elasticity and, and the, that's not the word the the flexibility um, the the way the brain can rewire itself and be more open and this is something we have to do, and particularly as you get older. And often we tend to shut down, and the cells are dying off. There's no way around that. But you, you, it's important to continue to make new connections. And that, again, is why I'm going on about yesterday like it was Prince George, and how much I talked about that changing my life, you know. Just getting on that bus and heading up there to work on a railway gang and live in a for a week or two in the a men's hostel you know, with the other hobos and uh, get hired on and work, uh, work, uh, wow, on a train gang. Okay, that, that, that was life-changing when I was 27. Well, now I'm 75 going on, and I'm still wanting to learn and change and be open, and, and that's kind of what happened yesterday. It's not kind of, it is. So... I'm going to repeat that. I, I know. 
we know that the brain is completely open and without fixed boundaries. The brain itself, on its own, it's not connected, you know, it's not fixed and rigid. Um, It's malleable. Even so, our incessant mental chatter, habituated thought patterns, the things we go again and again, can, you know, you say this, you say this, you say this. Uh, and other addictive behaviors just keep flipping back, checking your phone, checking your phone, looking for likes, looking for likes, watching things you don't really care about. Create an unnatural rigidity within the Play-Doh texture of the brain. In other words, the play, he says Play-Doh for say it, it is, you can reform and make new connections. It is not age, but repetitive thoughts and behaviors that inhibit our brain's ability to grow new neural pathways throughout our lifetime. It's not age alone. Age certainly makes it more difficult, but challenging, let's say. But it's the repetitive thoughts and behaviors that inhibit us. And it's just we get into these grooves. This guy I talked to yesterday who was not an interesting character. He's never, he's, every day he follows his investments. So, well, bully for you. Are you really any happier? And it didn't sound like he was. He didn't strike me at all as a happy person. Whereas this woman who was teaching at the uh, the nursery school or supervising and getting inches, I still get contact with all the kids. And I'm so happy to see that my grandchildren have those same good manners that I thought was so important in my upbringing. And that brought her joy. So she talked about joy. This man talked about money. Wow. All right. I think I think I can <laughs> uh, put your endurance, your, your your challenge of listening to me to an end now. Um, I I thank you if you're still hanging in there and still listening. I really am trying to, I, I guess, share my wisdom because I think I have accumulated a lot. I think I have learned lessons. But the point is, I guess, I'm still learning lessons. I'm still making mistakes. I've still got a ways to go, and it's still possible. I ain't giving up. All right, let's end with a little, see what they're seeing here. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Jefferson Airplane, plastic, fantastic lover. Hey, I'm not stoned. I'm not high. Cosmetic baby, put in me and never ever find another. And I realize no one's wise to my plastic, fantastic lover. This is the first album I actually really, really got high to with hashish. Uh, in uh, Wolfville, Nova Scotia, of all places. Oh, yeah, I'd smoked before then, but this is when, whoa, liftoff! We have liftoff! The electrical dust is starting to rust. Her trapezoid thermometer taste. All the red tape is mechanical rape of the TV program waste. Data control and IBM science is mankind's brother. But all I see is draining me on my plastic fantastic level. 
Um, excuse me. Dark. Oh, what are you doing here? Well, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I think you left something out. Well, well, listen, I've already gone over time. I, I've shared too much. I, well, I don't know. What are, you, what are you talking about? Well, I think there was something important about that day you went out and went to the community center that you didn't talk about. Well, no, I, I did. I talked about this thing I'd like to do and meeting the people, meeting... I, I, I talked about everything. Like I, I'm, I'm done with that. Well, I don't think so. I think there's something else you need to explain to your listeners. Oh, dark Jesus. Okay, sorry. All right. Why don't you tell me what it is you think I left out? Because I think I, I covered pretty well everything. Well, okay. Um, I know you were happy to meet people and talk to them, but there was something else. Dark, please, okay, just get to the point. I know, you're telling... What? 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 Excuse me, but it takes me a little time to explain. Yeah, I... Okay, all right, go ahead. Take your time. Thank, thank you. Well, you remember... When your wife, Naoko, said you could still do better and you got angry at her. Yes, I remember. Okay, we covered that. I apologized. Well, the thing is, she thought you could do more exercise and you think just the walking around the park is enough but she knows older people need to exercise all of their body not just taking a walk so she teaches exercises to people and you know that's maybe what she was suggesting you do somewhere I know that line. I've talked about joining Variety Village and, and getting a program, finding out what the annual membership is. I, I've thought about that. I've, I've thought about that, okay? So, okay, hang on. I think, okay, uh, okay. I think I see what you're getting at. You, but go ahead, go ahead. Thank, thank you. So, you were very happy you went to the Burkdale community center but 
one of the reasons is besides talking to the people is they offer exercise classes yes yes i i have i have the paper and you're right so what i'm suggesting is that unconsciously you knew you had to find a place where you could join a group and do easy exercises and that's maybe one of the reasons you went to the community center yesterday yeah uh, yeah no you're right I, I i know i talked about how excited i was to maybe make a group and do something yes and and that's about you and your ego and wanting people to um i don't know maybe just uh you you need more recognition for what you, who you are but what you really need is exercise uh, yeah okay i i get it and and it was naoko's comments in the car when i said i was so comfortable that maybe nudged that seed a little bit to make me go into that place and find out so i i i dork i i thank you i i see what you are getting at i didn't really explain that part but in fact i've already promised to come back on tuesday to see the shuffleboard group and then the following monday i'm going to go there for the strength stretch and strength exercises and the chair yoga so <laughs> yes you're you're right that is really what yesterday was about i found a place where i can do the things that i need it's not about me starting a group that i can be the center of thank you dork i i appreciate that and i'm glad it was you and not prick calling me out on this well i'm i'm glad you listen to me and i hope it all works out well thank you dork i and okay and we really do have to finish this now but i i i appreciate that thank you